0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 13th, 2018. We love because He loves. Good morning, Connection Church. This morning we start a new series out of uh, 1 John. It's a book found in the second part of the Bible in the New Testament. Um... This morning we're focused on the second part, or excuse me, the second part of the fourth chapter of First John, and our focus is we love because he loves.
1: Well, good morning again, Connection Church. My name is still Carrie Jones.
0: And mine's still Alan Jones.
1: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I also want to welcome anyone who's listening or watching online. We're glad that you're with us. Would you pray with us, please? God, we thank you so much for this day. It's a day that you've made it. It's no accident that any one of us are here this morning. God, settle us in that we might be changed and transformed by your love. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Amen. amen. So if you weren't here last week, we want to introduce you to the newest member of our family. This is Alexandra Beth Jones. She's our seventh grandchild. Woo-hoo. She's the daughter of Turner and Stephanie, our son Turner, our daughter-in-law Stephanie, and we are so, so blessed. She is the cutest little thing, most adorable, and, well, we're her grandparents, so we can say that.
0: What do you expect? What do you expect? Right? What do you expect? Yeah. She is cute. I'll give her that. She's adorable. But let me tell you one thing she is not. She is not loving. I mean, (gasps) she's not loving, but we don't hold that against her because no baby is loving. It's not in their nature. This baby is just like every other baby in the world at this age. And that means that she is concerned with one thing and one thing only, and that is herself. Mother's Day, Mother's. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. She cared. She couldn't give a rip if her mom, Stephanie, got an hour or two of sleep. She doesn't care. Mom gets no sleep. She doesn't care. She doesn't care. Her only concern is whether she gets sleep. She gets fed. She gets changed. That's all she cares about. Right now, it's a very Alex-centered world. Yeah, for this little bundle of joy. You know, we don't hold that against her because that's All babies at that age are like that. That's how they're wired. they got to be like that. You know, they got to be like that. But the thing is, that's absolutely contrary to being a loving individual. You get it? It's not that she's bad. It's just at this point she's not loving. Because when it's all about me, that is just absolutely contrary to caring about others. They are at odds with each other. Amen?
1: They are, and so the question is, when does that change? When do things change? When do we go from this me-centered world to thinking about others? When does our focus shift? Well, we're not really sure that there's this definitive absolute time when it shifts, and so maybe we better shift our question to, to this. How does it happen? How does it happen? What causes us, what causes me to broaden my circle of care?
0: Mm. So for me, and I think I can speak for Carrie and maybe many of you, it was our parents who taught us to expand our focus, to look around us, to care for others as well as ourselves. As our parents sacrificed for us, put our needs first, taught us that it's not about me, as they showed uh, offered themselves as an example, as a model, as a, as a mentor, that it wasn't about them, that they cared, that they loved us. And it's an important thing for us to remember on Mother's Day, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely.
1: And if it wasn't your parent, perhaps it was another relative, uh, a grandparent or an aunt or um, an older brother or sister or an uncle, maybe an adoptive parent. Somebody spoke into your life and talked to you about sharing and how to treat others and that it is not about you, somebody helped you broaden your circle of care.
0: Mm. Okay, so parents or some other adult uh, helped most of us broaden our circle of care there, focusing not only on ourselves but others. But where did they learn? Okay, from their parents perhaps or another adult. So we keep that string. But someplace there has to be a model. Someplace the parents have to look and figure out where this comes from, where to look beyond themselves, where we begin to care for those around us, where we start to understand this whole idea of love, because that's what we're talking about love. Well, that's what the scripture passage this morning teaches us. And basically, we're on chapter 4, verse 7 to 19, but we can boil it down to one scripture verse, 1 John four nineteen. Share it with me, will you? We, we love because, because he, God, God, first, first loved, loved us. us.
1: We love because God loved us first. God is our model. God is our example. God is the one who reaches out And teaches us what love is all about. I mean, pure and simple, in an earlier verse, verse 16, this is verse 19. In verse 16, we see a three-word truth. God is love. Say that with me. God is love. In fact, it's like a mathematical equation. God equals love.
0: Mm. Now, love that's an interesting word that, especially in the English language, we throw around pretty readily, pretty easily. And it, as and we do that, it just has a very broad range of meaning. Um, let me give you an example. I love Connection Church. I love y'all, but I also love spaghetti, pizza, ice cream, and diet do. I, I, I love my wife. There you go. i give two on that one. I love my wife. Kids, grandkids, love my wife. She loves the beach. That'll be about, that'll be about five on that one. Yeah. Some people here love their jobs. Let me see how many love their jobs. Boy, it's not very many. Okay. And then the flip side, some would love to find a new job. I won't ask you to put your hands up on that one. <laughs> Love, love, love. You know, I think it was back in around 67, the Beatles told us all we need is love. It can mean a lot of different things in our language. It's really, really broad. Uh, the love we're talking about this morning is um, the kind of love the Greeks used the word agape to describe. The Greeks, they had special words for different kinds of love, like philo for brotherly. That's why they call it Philadelphia. City of brotherly love, the kind you would have for a brother, sister, friend. Uh, eros, we get our word erotic from that. That's that romantic, you make my liver quiver kind of love, you know. And uh, the type we're talking about this morning is neither of those. It's agape love. It's this unconditional love. It's the love God had for His Son and for us, the kind we should have for God and hopefully for one another. As I said, unconditional love, love that involves faithfulness, commitment, It's not rooted on what you do. It's rooted on a decision that I've made to love you. It's not based on emotion. It's not a roller coaster. I love you because you're nice to me and everything's peachy. Tomorrow when we're at odds, I'm not going to love you. anymore. No, it's a steady Eddie kind of, I've made a decision. I'm going to stick to it kind of love.
1: It's not a romantic or sexual kind of love. It is a choice. This kind of love is a choice the apostle paul talks about this in the first chapter in first corinthians chapter 13 this might be a familiar scripture to you but it bears repeating actually over and over and over again check this out love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud now if we just did those two sentences what a different world this would be To continue on, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That means that you can't have this list in your back pocket to whip it out when it's time. No, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always persevere. Say the last three words with me. Love Uh, never never fails.
0: Mm. It's funny, you may have heard that at a wedding or two or five or ten. It's a very popular… But Paul didn't write this for weddings, even though that's where we frequently… He wrote it to the church at Corinth because it's not necessarily just wedding love. This is love that we are called as brothers and sisters in Christ to have. So, we go back to our first John chapter 4, and starting with verse 7, we read that all love has God as the source, this agape love. Those who truly are able to love know God. Those who don't know love don't know God. Wow. Wow. We reflect God's love when we show love to one another That brings out that divine spark that God created us with. You know, when we go back in Genesis and it says, God created us in God's image. Let us create humankind in our image, it says, in God's image. That's that creative spark. And so, through that spark, we're capable of God's agape love, and we even are able to display it once in a while until sin enters the picture. Disrupts, pushes us away from God and away from one another, disrupts our ability to share that divine love that we were created to share.
1: You know, some things are unseen, but we still feel the effects of them. For instance, electricity. We cannot see electricity, but we can see the effects of electric. That's a good catch on that one. You guys got this extra version. The other two services did not get that. (laughs) Electricity. How can you show us wind? Yeah. So we can't see the (laughs) 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 We can't see the wind, but we can feel the effects of the wind. I certainly heard the effects of the wind last night. Likewise, God. We may not see God, but we can see the effects of God. We can see the effects of how God loves in others. How God's love changes a person. How God's love can change an entire relationship. It is so awesome. So the ultimate expression of God's love, and this is important, is found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's God's ultimate expression of love. He loved you, he loved me so much that he had to do something drastic and step out of heaven and come in the person of Jesus Christ, human yet divine. Listen to 1 John 4, verses 9 through 12.
0: So this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us.
1: And so we are called to be an extension of God's love reaching out to others as God has reached out to us. That's what it's all about. As God has shared God's love with us, we are, in fact, supposed to, when we're in Christ, when we claim Christ as our Savior, we're supposed to take that and share it with others. An outward and visible sign of God's love. The inward and spiritual grace that God, you know, we can't see it, but we can feel it, can't we? Absolutely, like the wind, like electricity. We see the effects. We see the effects of God's love, and we can see that through people, through their actions, through the words, through what they say, through what they don't say, through what they don't do.
0: Mm. Challenging as it may be at times, when we're able to stay calm, cool, and collected, when the situation would warrant very different behavior... When we're able to show love to others, even when they're maybe being very unlovable to us, people take notice. People take notice anyway. If you're a Christ follower, people are watching you. They're waiting for you to stumble. They're waiting for you to make a mistake. They're waiting for you to uh, uh, be a, a hypocrite. They're waiting for you, especially if they're far from God, they're waiting to justify where they are based on what you do. So, people are watching. And so, when you are able to show that kind of love, when we're able to show that kind of love, when we're able to be loving in the midst of a very unloving situation, when we're able to be loving towards someone who's being very unloving toward us, people notice they're able then to see God's love through you, through me. It's like that electricity, like that wind, they're able to see the effect, and the effect is a difference in who we are and how we act differently than a lot of others in the world. See, it's God living in you, in me, and His love, as the Scripture says, being made complete in us, in you, and in me.
1: So, here's how much God loves us. God did not create us as these mindless robots. God is not some great puppeteer and we're all on strings, you know, just doing whatever God, you know, does with us. God loves us so much that he gave us a choice to love God back. Love is not love when it's forced. Love is not love when we have no choice. And so God loves us, loves you enough to give us a choice. And that choice is to love God or to not love God. The choice is to love others or to not love others. God loved us so much that when we choose the other to not love God and not love others, God just loves us Loves us, loves us, came for us, because that's sin when, we're, when we turn our backs on each other. And that's why Jesus came into the world, to free us from that, to show us a better way, to be Christ in and through us. He came so that we could be forgiven for our poor choices, to give us grace. Oh, my gosh, you get dumped heaps and heaps of grace on you. Whether you believe it or not, grace, grace is that unmerited, unconditional love that you can't do anything about, but it's just there and you receive it. It's getting something that we really don't deserve. And at the same time, God is heaping mercy, 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 buckets of mercy upon each one of you. Mercy, not getting what we truly do deserve. And then... When we receive the mercy, we receive the grace, we are able to love because God loved us first.
0: Hmm. When a couple comes to us to get married, we typically do some premarital counseling. It's usually five, six sessions. And in that counseling, we usually talk about uh, not just the two of them, but it being a three-person Uh, relationship with God in the mix. And it's not God coming between them, but more of a triangle with the husband and the wife and God in relationship together. We probably should extend this beyond just the marital relationships, though, and work hard at creating this kind of triangle for all of our relationships in our lives. Uh, even those relationships with people who are far from God, far from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even when people uh, uh, want nothing to do with God, we can still involve God in that relationship. What what if you think about this, what if we prayerfully involve God in every relationship we're part of, uh, every relationship we have with another human being? What if we purposely sought to bring more love to all of our relationship, more of this agape, this unconditional love, more God-centered, God-focused love to all our encounters with other people, regardless of who they are, where they are, what they believe. What if we prayerfully sought God's help? Because let me tell you, this this is a tough one to do on our own. But if we sought God's help in making all of our relationships more loving, more god inspired, more God-centered? What if we sought God's help in making all of our relationships more other-focused rather than me-centered? You know, we couldn't help if we did that. Couldn't help more fully living out the first sentence of verse 7 from the fourth chapter of First John. Say it with me. Dear friends, yeah. let, let us, us love, love one another, another. For For love love comes from God.
1: God is love. God is love. And the incredible thing about this is that when we accept and receive the love of God, we also receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us what we need in order to love one another, especially when it's hard, because we receive fruit of the Spirit that's evident that people should be able to see, you know, Love, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, long-suffering, self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. And in that, we are able to absolutely love one another because we we don't do it. It's the Holy Spirit through us. And we are created two things. To Love God and to love one another. Love God. Thank you for joining us for our another. podcast. So we for more are
0: information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, goodness. Delaware, and, and please visit our website at like justshowup.church. Awesome you can Juliet also call P. our church offices at 302 378 7692. Connection Community Church, one another, connecting people
1: with God Jesus first. and the life He offers.
0: So, as Gary said, God is sharing. God is also caring. We're not robots, as she said, but God could have just wound up the world and set it and ignored it. In fact, I think our early uh, forefathers, uh, they were called deists. They, they kind of had this idea that God set the world in motion and kind of let it go. And But that's not how it works. God doesn't say goodbye, just go God is intimately involved in us. He wants, wants to be intimately involved in our relationships with each other and with Him. He doesn't want to be a, a, an absentee landlord. <laughs> he wants to be intimately in relationship with each and every one of us. But the funny thing is God will never force that on us. God will not force Himself on us because God loves us and God wants us to love Him as well. And love isn't come doesn't come from force. To love God, to love others is what God desires. Not because we're forced, but because we choose. Choose. And the thing is, as we shared before, God cares enough, and here's what it is, dares enough to let us choose other than God. Do you believe that? God loves us so much and cares for us so deeply that he will allow us to choose other. Why would God do that? Because, Because other than that is not love. Cares and dares enough to let us choose other, and then cares enough and dares enough to redeem our poor choices when we choose other than God, when we separate from God, when we sin. When we pull away from God, God redeems that by sacrificing His one and only Son so that we might not sacrifice our eternity because of our bad choice. Isn't that amazing that God would love you and God would love me that much, that He would sacrifice His only Son in order to cover our lousy choices? And why does he do that? Because God is love. And when you're love, he really doesn't have a choice, does he? He gives us a choice because God doesn't have a choice. When you are love, that's what you do. And God is love. And we're then able to love because God first loved us. That's the good news let's believe it, let's live it, let's pray. Most holy God, wow, uh, some days it must be tough loving us when we're pretty unlovable, Lord. And yet you do. You love us through our bad choices. In fact, you sacrifice your son to cover our sin of the bad choices we make. Unbelievable. That's love. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we celebrate we praise you for the love you give. Help us never to forget that we're able to love because you first loved us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray. All Connection Church said, Amen. amen.